0: Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team
1: Tech Trust. Good morning. Welcome to the show, Annex Wealth Management Show, on the air at 92.5 Fox News for Sunday, January 12th. Uh, we're going to cover the SECURE Act today in a couple of different ways. First off, with estate plans, and the second, with financial planning, because the SECURE Act has the potential to affect everybody's investment and retirement plans. So we've got teams built for that. We'll talk to them about it. My name is Danny Clayton. Joining me is Derek Felsky, our Chief Investment Officer. Good morning. Good morning, Danny. Mark Oswald, Chief Compliance Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Good morning to you. Good morning guys. And Dave Spano, President and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. Welcome back.
2: Yeah, thank you. I was down in Naples uh, all week long and uh, trying to cross forty one in Pine Ridge. That takes a that takes a lot of patience, <laughs> I'll tell you. You really can't you really can't cross. But speaking of the train moving on and, and momentum continuing, here we are hitting twenty nine thousand on Friday, passing a big number. Now of course, passing a 1,000 points at 29,000 is about a 3% move. It's certainly not what it was at 20,000, but there's a lot of people when we crossed 20,000 said, we'll see 30,000. And here we are right at that doorstep. And we talk about everything that's been going on. Of course, great earnings, uh, the Federal Reserve and and everything they've talked about. But we had a jobs report on Friday morning, Derek, and it looked, uh, it was kind of a ho-hum number. It was less than what I thought, but still still a good number.
3: Yeah, it was a solid number. I mean, the trend level of Employment that you want to see employment gains is roughly about 100,000 a month, and we came in at 145 in December, a little bit below expectations, only 15,000 below the estimates. Unemployment still at a 50-year low of 3.5 uh, percent, the ten- and the 10th straight year of uh, payroll gains. So the economy is doing well in the United States. Rates are low. Uh, the Fed is accommodative, the stock market likes it, lots of liquidity, uh, so we're off to a really good start in yeah. the markets this year.
2: Yeah, they really are. And uh, and we uh, did have some more good news, of course, is that the phase one deal is expected to be signed next week, Mark, and phase one, uh, between the relationship between China and the United States, which has been uh, a bit of a roadblock throughout 2019, looks like there is going to be some really positive news next week on the trade front.
4: Well, we always had this uncertainty of what was going Going to happen and you know it seemed like every quarter there was a new tariff for new products that were being taxed and there's just angst in the market because you don't know what's going to happen next and if we get a phase one deal that puts a little bit of certainty behind the markets at least we know what those two world economies are going to be like. And so you start to get some certainty, and that really is supportive of the markets. And
2: one more positive thing I do want to talk about is earnings season begins uh, next week, and there's a lot of companies that are going to show a really good earnings number because if you look back in 2019, Derek, compared to 2018, earnings were relatively flat, if not flat at all, and that's not our expectation for 2020.
3: No, the, the current estimates for, for 2020 are roughly an 8% gain in, in earnings per share on the S&P 500. Uh, we'll hear from many of the major banks next week. Of course, the banks are a prime beneficiary of this kind of relative steepening of the yield curve, which occurred has occurred recently. Uh, but, but generally speaking, you know, last year we had very difficult comparisons from 2018 when we had you know, the corporate tax cut but, but these changes in the tax code are not something that, that goes away, and companies are adjusting to that. They're making capital expenditures based on that. And I think you know, when, we, when we look at the earnings results, Mark, as you always like to talk about, it's not so much what they reported
4: in the fourth quarter. It's what they're guiding to in 2020. I think that's really an important point of it because you can look back and say, how many times did you ring the cash register last quarter and what were your earnings? But when you start thinking about what do you think you're going to make in 2020 or 2021? What is your guidance? That That's a really important factor, Dave, because I think that's what supports the market. When you get the question of how high can this go or can this continue to go higher, the earnings argument is a good one.
2: There's no question. So you look at all of the positive news that we have just outlined, but let's be uh, sure that we are not whistling past the cemetery at this point, there certainly is, is geopolitical risk and political risk that will be here throughout 2020, and we just can't walk away what happened in Iran uh, this week. Even though it looks like the, the tensions have been mitigated, Mark, there certainly was a
4: lot to be worried about earlier in the week. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent point. When things like that happen, those geopolitical events, those world events, you start thinking about interruption of the energy supply, perhaps. Now, we're a lot more self-sufficient than we were, let's say, in 1970 when it comes comes to oil. But the fact is, is these events do impact the markets and they create volatility. And Mark, let me just
2: jump in, because you and I have talked about this a lot. If, you know, the Iranians could do something in the Straits of Hormuz that that could certainly push up oil prices. Well,
4: you think about 20% of the world's oil supplies coming through a very thin strip of land between the Persian Gulf and, you know, getting out to the sea, right? So if you think about a disruption there, you could disrupt the the flow of oil to Russia and to China and to the United States. And that would have an impact on economies around the world. And that would be something that you'd have to take a look at. Now, we create about 13 million barrels of oil a day here in the United States. Problem is we use about 20 million barrels a day. So we have to be able to get oil someplace. And that would impact world economies. But you don't change your portfolio based on world events stick with the fundamentals and it will pay off
2: in the last minute or so derek you know we talked about rising oil prices and that's something to be
3: concerned about well it is you know i mean one of the one of the linchpins of this this bull market has been the fed has maintained very low interest rates and to the degree that oil prices in fact inflation or inflationary expectations uh, that could cause the fed to become a headwind not a tailwind and the other thing you know Alluding to Mark's point, I mean, five of the last six recessions were preceded by a sharp rise in oil prices. And as, as he mentioned, you know, we're, we're less exposed to oil price risks than we have been in the past. And, and so, you know, people are always looking for a reason to say, OK, this rally has gone too far and this and that. Uh, and this is just one, one issue. But of course, you know, there are other issues that are positive as well.
1: Derek Felske, Chief Investment Officer, stick around, we've got more to come, including double coverage on the SECURE Act, our first from an estate planning standpoint. That is next. Our website, AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News.
2: This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, where we ask you to know the difference. The Wall Street Journal has published a list of questions to ask your financial advisor. The very first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We've been asking people listening to our show to do that for years. That's just one of the ways to know the difference between financial advisors. People come to us every day with what I call a mishmash. Statements here and there, overlapping investments, no consolidation. Annex Wealth Management can clean that up and put it in order. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will work to make sure your plan is clear and coordinated. If this makes sense to you, or if you want a second opinion on your investments and retirement planning, go to AnnexWealth.com. You can learn more there, or simply hit the Get Started button and start the process. AnnexWealth.com.
0: Know the difference. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. I hope we see you soon. Team Tech Trust and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisor say that? This is the Annex Wealth
1: Management Show. Know the Difference. It's Team Tech Trust. Double coverage on the new SECURE Act on today's show. Jill Martin first joins us. She is our estate planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Jill. Hi, Danny. Deanne Phillips and Eric Strom going to join us later to talk about the SECURE Act from a planning standpoint, but you are here to cover what's going to change with estate planning. And since we operate as teams, a lot of this finds its way into both your worlds. In fact, I saw you walking out the door one afternoon with the entire SECURE Act tucked under your arm for some light reading. It's 125 pages. Was that a one sitting?
5: It was not, and I still haven't gotten through it.
1: First question, should anybody with an estate plan go back through to see what might have changed in regard to the SECURE Act? In fact, you told me that stretch IRAs, as they relate to estate planning, is the biggest reason people need to review their plans.
5: It is. And so let's rewind real quick and talk about what is the stretch IRA. So prior to the SECURE Act, when you inherited an IRA, you were able to roll that into an inherited or a beneficiary IRA. And I've got one. And you've got one by way of example. So what happens is, is as the beneficiary then, you're allowed to take those required minimum distributions over your remaining life expectancy. So what that means is you can spread out the income tax hit on that over your entire lifetime. That's a nice ability to kind of defer some taxes and continue to have it grow tax-free.
1: There's the stretch, right? right? That's
5: the stretch, the lifetime stretch. What the SECURE Act has now done is is for anyone who inherits an IRA from someone who passed away in 2020 and beyond, you are basically capped at a 10-year stretch, okay? So that's the new 10-year rule that went into effect. And so what that means is, is, you have to drain that IRA, that inherited IRA balance, within a 10 year period after you inherit it. In your example, Danny, if you had. 35 years to stretch the income taxes out over your lifetime. Today, you're capped at 10 years. What that does is it accelerates the income taxes on you as the beneficiary.
1: So from now on, when people get an inherited IRA, the planning aspect is completely different.
5: It really yeah. is, both from the estate planning side of it and the financial planning side of it that Deanne and Eric will talk about in more detail.
1: Let's uh, talk about some of the questions that we are starting to see. One is I turned 70 and a half in 2019, so that's last year, do I still need to take my RMD?
5: You do, because the law is effective for January 1st, 2020. So what that means is... If you turn 70 and a half before that, you have to take a required minimum distribution, and the deadline to do that is April 1st of 2020.
1: I bet we're getting a lot, that a lot. We are. Yeah. Do I need to be 72 before I can do a QCD? And first off, what's that?
5: So a QCD is a qualified charitable distribution, and that's where you basically take an IRA distribution that goes straight to charity. What that does is it's not ordinary income to you, but you don't get the charitable deduction, but you could send it straight to the charity. The law requires that you have to be 70 and a half to do that. That age didn't change with the SECURE Act. So it's still 70 and a half today.
1: Another question that we're getting on the SECURE Act and what it has changed for our clients. Did the SECURE Act create a lifetime cap on QCDs of $100,000?
5: And the answer to that is no, it did not. It's an annual $100,000 threshold so that you can donate $100,000 to charity every year out of your IRA as long as you're alive.
1: Now, I'm feeling hale and hearty, but what happens to my inherited IRA if I pass?
5: Great question, Danny. And we've get, we're getting this one from a few clients that have them as well. So... Normally, prior to the SECURE Act, what happened is, is if you passed away and you left that to your kids, your kids could continue to stretch that over your remaining life expectancy. Now what happens is, is your kids are going to inherit that. They've got 10 years. So if you unfortunately dropped dead tomorrow, prior to the SECURE Act, they could have used your remaining 35 years of life expectancy. Now with the SECURE Act, they're going to be capped at 10 again. So again, it's a it's an income tax accelerator to beneficiaries of inherited IRAs.
1: Uh, this all sounds complex, and it is probably. So does this mean that you need to go back through all of our estate plans and, and review them?
5: It really does, because if you had named a beneficiary directly on your IRA, there is some potential planning that Eric and Deanne will probably talk about where you could do some Roth conversions or do things to help kind of spread that income tax burden out from your beneficiaries. But the really big impact is is if you were leaving IRAs to trusts as part of your estate plan. So instead of outright distributions, you were creating trusts for each of your children or something along those lines. That SECURE Act could really be punitive from an income tax standpoint unless we go back and look at those estate plans.
1: Since I may or may not die tomorrow, I will need you to look at the estate plan and all of our clients. It takes a team. Joe Martin is a state planning attorney at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for the update.
5: Thanks, Danny.
2: Many children in Southwest Florida face an uncertain future with their health. But Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation is here to help.
3: Through special individuals just like you, the Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation's mission is fulfilled. Fighting along with the children of this community on their journey to wellness through medical research and innovation. Bringing hope and healing, especially to those children with very complex health issues.
2: But we really need your help. You can create health and happiness in the life of a child.
3: By creating a special gift within your life insurance, estate plan, or even your current retirement plan, Southwest Florida has a rich tradition of philanthropy for children. And now, Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation is here to expand that legacy. For information, please call 239-263-2223. That's 239-263-2223. Nicholas Children's Hospital Foundation, a tradition of giving, now in Southwest Florida.
2: Won't you be a part of something special today?
0: Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show.
1: Know the difference is Team Tech Trust. The SECURE Act was signed into law at the end of 2019. Far-reaching implications for investors, retirees, and employers. Joe Martin was with us earlier from the estate planning team. Talk about the SECURE Act and estate planning. However, another side of the coin. Joining me, Deanne Phillips, CFP, CDFA, Director of Client Learning and Development. Hey, Deanne. Hey, Danny. Eric Strom, CFP and Senior Financial Planning Specialist at Annex. Eric, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Five topics to discuss regarding the SECURE Act, and we will start with with pushing back required minimum distributions from IRAs and 401ks until the age of 72. Is this good or bad?
6: Oh, it's wonderful because it really allows people greater flexibility for future planning, such as uh, the time from when you retire until you have that required minimum distribution is a time for getting other cash flows, you know, the time of retiring, figuring out your tax situation, and maybe Roth conversions. And so this enables people to work a little longer, save a little more.
7: Yeah, and it it's nice that this kind of recognizes that we're all living a little longer.
1: Next up is allowing IRA contributions after the age of 70 and a half. Who's working after 70 and a half? People well,
7: are doing there it. There huh?
6: are a lot of people working after 70 and a half and it can get a little complicated then after they hit that RMD area. So yeah, it allows that contributions as long as you have earned income
7: prior to the SECURE Act, you could make Roth IRA contributions in your 70s and and beyond, and for some reason, you couldn't do traditional IRA contributions. Well, now that's been changed, and if you're still working in your 70s and beyond, to encourage everyone to help continue to save for retirement, you can now make deductible traditional IRA contributions beyond age 70 and a half, which is
1: nice. Talking about the SECURE Act, you're hearing more and more about it because it has larger and larger implications for our clients, for sure. Um, Deanne, talk a little bit about forcing faster withdrawals from inherited IRAs. That, the, the new 10-year rule, that's what it is?
6: That new 10-year rule. So it eliminates that stretch IRA provision for children in many circumstances. So what it means is a lot of times people do the right thing. They put away in a 401k. They defer all this you know, money when they're working. And then all of a sudden, they have this huge pot of taxable money where everything they pull out is going to be taxed. If they don't go through it all their life, their kids might inherit it. It used to be that a kid could then stretch that requirement of distribution, take a little bit out over their entire life, which could be very long. Now the IRS is saying, "Uh uh-uh, no more. You have only 10 years to pull it out, but we're not going to make you take a requirement of distribution. You just have to have the whole thing drained within 10 years.
7: This is the big change that a lot of people are very concerned about within the SECURE Act, the death of the stretch IRA. I'll say that from the very beginning when IRAs came to be in retirement plans, they were always designed for the retirement security of of the person who's saving for their own retirement. They were never really designed to create a legacy for your children as well. So I think that this change kind of recognizes that, but also for those folks who have done a really good job saving for their retirement, and they do view this nest egg as a legacy for their kids, a lot of them are very concerned that now they're kind of getting the rug pulled out from under them and that it's gonna create all these extra taxes for their family because now the account has to be completely depleted within 10 years.
6: So there is extra tax planning, obviously. Obviously, that needs to be done, especially if a child's close to retirement. But let's just hit quickly on who this does not affect. This does not affect spouses. Spouses still can stretch over their lifetime. It does not impact disabled beneficiaries, chronically ill, or, interestingly enough, beneficiaries who are less than 10 years younger than the person they're inheriting from. So you inherit from a sibling, let's say.
7: And the last exception is also minor children. If I leave my IRA to my five-year-old daughter, then she will be able to stretch it over her lifetime until she's age of majority, and then the 10-year rule would apply at that point.
1: Under a minute, let's talk about the SECURE Act addressing babies and adopting children. If you have a baby or you adopt a child,
7: you can now take $5,000 out of your IRA or 401k, and there's no early withdrawal penalty anymore. Although it's still income, and you want to think, is it worth it to pull out money from my own retirement savings? I know it can be tough. I've got a daughter myself, uh, but, you know, might not be the right thing to do in some cases.
1: And finally, people can pull $10,000 out of a 529 to pay off student loans.
6: They can. This is brand new and kind of exciting. So 529 plans, again, are state-run education or tuition programs. You, as the grantor, assign a beneficiary and to help them with tuition or college. And now, for the first time, you know a lot of people, more and more kids are graduating with student loan debt. This is a chance to use some of that 529 money to pay back some of those loans.
1: Eric Strong, CFP and Senior Financial Planning Specialist at Annex. D.N. Phillips, the C.F.P. and CDFA, Director of Client Learning and Development. Thank you. Thank you.
6: Thank you, Danny.
2: This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, where we ask you to know the difference. The Wall Street Journal has published a list of questions to ask your financial advisor. The very first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We've been asking people listening to our show to do that for years. That's just one of the ways to know the difference between financial advisors. People come to us every day with what I call a mishmash. Statements here and there, overlapping investments, no consolidation. Annex Wealth Management can clean that up and put it in order. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will work to make sure your plan is clear and coordinated. If this makes sense to you, or if you want a second opinion on your investments and retirement planning, go to AnnexWealth.com. You can learn more there, or simply hit the get started button and start the process. AnnexWealth.com, know the difference. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. I hope we see you soon.
0: Team, tech, trust, and a fee-only fiduciary model that works in your best interest. Can your advisors say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. And we're back. Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, January
1: 12th. Know the difference. It is team, tech, and trust. Barron's top advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times, top 300, and a fee-only fiduciary partner. AnnexWealth.com is our website. Click that Get Started button. Let's see. A, B, I don't have a C, but C. A
2: can be Apple at yeah. least. Let's talk about them. Apple, uh, B would be Boeing, and C would be cars, right? Okay. All right, so let's let's go right through that, because as the earnings season starts, we can talk talk about individual names. Of course, at the top of the list is the the largest cap of all names is Apple, who uh, traded at at all-time highs this uh, this past week. Substantial gains, over 100% in the last year. Uh, really caught a lot of analysts flat-footed. And you look at what's happening with China, Mark, and Apple has really had a blowout
4: number. It has. Big numbers, big sales in China. And you didn't expect that with the whole tariff talk that we had all of last year, is that Apple was going to be hampered and not be able to sell product into China anymore, and that didn't happen at all, blowout numbers. And, of course, when you start thinking about that product and that company, it's just been a fantastic story and a fantastic growth story, I think up about 6% year-to-date already.
2: Yeah, it really is, and, you know, you mentioned oil uh, in our first segment. Think about the market capitalization of Apple at $1.4 trillion with a T, with a T for Tom. That is just a mammoth number, $1.4 trillion of market cap, bigger than all of the S&P 500 energy Stocks added together for their market cap. So there's no question there is a big story there. And when, for example, the Dow Jones, which is price-weighted, that certainly moves that number. You bet. Moving on to the Bs, we have to move to Boeing. And a lot of news that they made this week, Mark, you talked about some of the comments that were made from their staff uh, in emails that were released were, you know, I suppose you could find
1: some humor in it, but I don't know. Boy, who wants to call the FAA and apologize for that yeah, one? Yeah, exactly. So basically, uh, internal communications that leaked out all the way from pilots to it looked like design and production people as well. Right. Yeah. It
2: was uh, it was a damning comment and it certainly the I think when the new CEO starts on Monday there's going to be a culture change but the comment was
4: uh, was interesting Mark. It was and you know this is just cautionary about what you put in writing certainly in a business communication but you know you had you know had people that were pretty high up in the company referring to the design of that plane as being designed by monkeys supervised by or designed by clowns supervised by monkeys. I mean come on.
2: Well I mean, if it was the other way, around as you said <laughs> if it was designed by monkeys and supervised by clowns that it could have been be, better I'm not be better sure off but uh, yeah, let's keep moving on because obviously Boeing. Uh, uh, there's there's a lot of news there. It's a great American company. If it gets back on track, it could be a stock that you want to take a look at. Moving on to C is cars and Tesla. Tesla crossing five hundred dollars a share uh, this week, Derek. It's really an incredible rise. It, it is, and you know I I saw
3: one one data point this week that now Tesla's market cap now exceeds the the market caps of Ford and General Motors put together. I mean that's how much positive expectations expectation is built into their future. It's been a stock that any number of people have shorted. They've talked about their debt burden. They, but Elon Musk was dancing in China. They they actually built a plant in
1: China in under a year, which is kind of amazing when you think about it. Well, they slapped the one up in, China, in in California pretty quick, but they're really good at that. Did this stock pop because of
4: deliveries or because of what's starting in China? Well, I think they are starting to deliver cars. And I think when you look at the chart of cars that have been delivered over the last five years, it went from. A pretty small number, into now a decent number. I think three or four hundred thousand cars. So for the year, so that that you know, it's, it's no it's no Ford yet, but I mean, it's starting to deliver some cars.
2: So my friend in Pelican Bay, she uh, she's picking up a Tesla, and she was very excited to get it. But you know, you take a look at all of the uh, uh, of the investments that people could have in their portfolio. We talked about the A, Bs, and C's mark, but there is a difference between portfolios. If you have a sixty forty, and it's it's different than someone else's sixty forty. There is an exercise that. People should go through
4: excellent point because you know sometimes you'll talk to somebody at the country club or whatever and they'll say well you know what how are you set up you'll say I'm a 70-30 guy well that 70 percent could be a lot of different things and certainly that 30 percent the fixed income piece all fixed income is not created equal so you you have to take a look at your portfolio and if you haven't done that for a while after a year like 2019 when the markets were up almost 30 percent there's a pretty good chance that some investors have kind of gotten their portfolios a little out of skew and so it would be a great time to do that portfolio review. Do it at a household level, not just an account by account level. It's easy to look at the pie chart of your account and say, I'm 30% equity or 60% equity. But if you do it at the household level, that's when you get a true look at your portfolio and a true look at your exposure to risk. There is going to be volatility in the markets. We have an election coming up. The, you can expect a bumpy ride. If you don't want to have that bumpy ride because 2019 was an excellent year for the markets, it would be a good time to have that portfolio review, Dave.
2: And Mark, you can not really swing a wedge in in anywhere in Southwest Florida and not hit a financial services firm, but there are substantial differences. The biggest one being a fee-only fiduciary. In the last 15 seconds, what does that mean?
4: Well, fee-only is important because you don't want to be sitting in front of somebody who's got a bias to selling a commission product to you. Oftentimes, you'll sit down with somebody and they already want to make sure that they sell you something before you leave. That is where a fee-only advisor becomes really important. Somebody who's your advocate. Somebody who is your fiduciary. What does that mean? Somebody who's going to act in your best interest at all times and eliminate those conflicts of interest. And if you want to make sure that the person you're sitting in front of is acting as a fiduciary to you in your account, that's the one way to make sure that you're working with a fee-only fiduciary, somebody who's not going to sell you commissions, fiduciary, somebody who's got a legal obligation to act in your best interest at all times, and if you're going to work with a fiduciary, make sure they put it in writing.
1: You will hear us say this all the time, and we mean it. Know the difference, it is Team Tech Trust. Barron's Top Advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, a fee-only fiduciary partner. Start at AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Have a great week. We'll see you in a week. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show
0: on 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.